Hey everybody, welcome to the Real Life Podcast, and uh, this is the place where we just talk about the real stuff, the real messiness, real issues, we embrace the tension, it happens right here. And I am your host, Dale Satram, and I am here with my great co-host, Katie Jones. Hello. And today, today we are going to talk about false teachers. How do you spot a false teacher? How do you spot... Maybe a church you should avoid. So that's where we're going today. Katie, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing, doing good. Yes. Good day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. How about I, you? I'm doing good too. Um, you know, here, uh, Lisa and I next week, we're going to be taking some time off. It's nice. been a crazy season. Yeah. It's been busy. And it's been good, but I think we're both kind of weary, and we're just going to go to the beach hmm. uh, for a few days together. It's her birthday, too, by the way. Oh, November, yep. baby. November. Ba- the she, best. Yes. Yeah, there you go. They're the best. Yep. That's true. So we're going to go hang out together and just uh, have some time, the two of us. That's which awesome. Is looking forward to that. That's super exciting. Do you guys yeah. have a beach that's your favorite to go to? Yeah, we kind of have a place that we go down in the taft area oh it's we'll a secret going, place yeah we'll dale go, doesn't want to give away i'm not gonna give it away spot, yeah? i'm not gonna give it away someone's gonna show up and say hi pastor dale no <laughs> <laughs> but yes we've been going there for years it, it's not even that fancy it's just yeah. it's a place with good memories hmm, and so we keep that's going back awesome yep do you guys when you start to feel like because we've talked about this and if you haven't heard our marriage episodes go back they were i think in our first 10 we did an, a marriage episode yep. do you guys both get to a place where you're like all right it's been busy. I feel disconnected. We're, let's go do this. And you plan it out? Yeah. Immediately? Yeah, we, well, we, yeah, we try to. And sometimes we we try to put things in our calendar in advance. So we are we know when busy seasons are for us typically because of life and ministry. And so what we've learned is we put those things on the calendar first. Um, so as we start looking at 2024, we're already putting things on the calendar. We, we, Smart. Yeah, we... We, we build those breaks in. But sometimes uh, we don't always, uh, you know, life happens. And then we find out that, wow, we need a we need an extra little break in here. Mm. And so when we can, sometimes life, we have commitments you can't get out of. It happens. Just you guys have the same issues out there. You're listening and you can't always just drop everything and go. But we really work hard at that. When things aren't working and we're not connected, um, we do have those conversations and go, okay, how can we pump the brakes? Where can we take a day, two days, three days? I mean, we, we try to take as long as we can, but if we can't, we get one. And we just let everybody know that that uh, we're, we're not available. Yeah. And go try to connect because you have to. Because that's the, the, the most important earthly relationship you have if you're married is your spouse. Mm. Can't screw that so up. So true. Because... I mean, we, we make a comment about it. You know, if mama ain't happy, no one's happy. But it works both ways. I mean, quite frankly, it's if I'm not happy. I mean, we, we both have to be happy. Yeah. So I know that's now, now, now. No, I'm going to that's stuff, great. But. I love it. And I also I think you guys have beautiful timing because the holiday rush is coming up. So a much needed And there's break another before, reason. Yeah. <laughs> before we get into holidays, which actually could, you know, let's say you're somebody that's like, oh, I only go to church for Easter and Christmas. Oh, yeah. Christmas is coming up. It so is. Let's, <laughs> and you want to find a good church. Well, and, and here's a way for, I mean, whether you come to Foothills or you're looking for 
another church, this uh, episode is going to help you know how to look yeah. for a good a good church, a good place to go. Absolutely. So anyway, this is what we are going to talk about today. And because, you know, what, there's a lot of, I mean, I'm not here to be, just be critical, but the Bible talks about there's false teaching out there. And we must have the ability to discern what is false and what is true. It, it is it is an important quality, and we can't just believe everything that we hear and everything that we listen to. And and so, um, how do we discern this issue? Yeah, I'm so excited to get into this one and hear what you have to say because I feel like there's just this pendulum. There's churches that swing way legalistic, which can be mm-hmm. you know spiritual abuse, right? And then there's churches that literally seem to be catering to all the things of the world. Yeah. Um, it's true. So like we, there's that middle and then we've had um, talks in the past about like, okay, what things aren't a huge, super big deal. Like all of us Christians get, can, 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 we can get caught up on these tiny little things right. that aren't super important. Yeah. So today we're talking more about the big ones. Yeah. The big well, red flags. And, and trying to us. trying to give everybody a grid, you know, how do I evaluate, you know, uh, uh, a church, a pastor, a leader, Again, not trying to step into this already hypercritical world we live in. I mean, we're, we're not promoting that, mm-hmm. but we, we need to be we need to be discerning. There's a difference between critical and discerning. If you're critical, you're not discerning at all. You're just critical. Right. But discernment is something different. Discernment is something that that uh, we can learn. Uh, we can listen to the Holy Spirit in our life. And the Bible tells us that we're supposed to have these skill sets. Look, I want to read a couple of scriptures here to get into this. Ephesians 4, 14. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be, now here, look at We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Oh my goodness, is that going on today? There is always new teaching. Mm. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like truth. That is that is so going on today. I mean, I, I, sometimes it just blows me away the things that Christians say that they think is true. And it's not true. It, it's absolutely absolutely wrong. Colossians 2.8 says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies. And I like how it says, and high-sounding nonsense. Yeah, <laughs> high-sounding nonsense. Wow, that really sounds cool. Yeah, but it's wrong. It's just stupid, okay? Oh. I'm going to say it. That com- Look where it comes from. It says it comes from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world. In other words, it's demonic. This is why we need to be discerning. There is an enemy who is out there who is purposely trying to deceive people. That is his main role on planet Earth is to deceive people, to keep them from seeing the truth, the truth. And so this is this is going on today, and it really bothers me how many Christians, they, just, they don't have discernment, how many churches have moved away from truth. So... Um, Again, this is this is a, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, yeah. all right? Because it is truth that sets us free. It is truth that we are committed to. And I'm seeing this huge shift in the Christian community across our country and in other places around the world where there's, there is a moving away from truth. So... Would you say this? I've heard um, a pastor say this before, so you let me know what your thoughts are. Would you say the biggest threat to Christianity is within the church or outside the church? <laughs> well, um, the biggest threat. 
Well, again, it's really hard. You you ask you ask these questions that are that sound very binary, and I don't think like that a lot of times. And so you're, yeah, you're going all the directions. Well, I'm, I'm going. going it's this, not it's not that. that simple because the the problem is that the the the, the threat is both the the. Th- the threats on the outside, the voices that are on the on the outside of the church, the problem is it's starting to make sense to people on the inside of the church because they're not committed to truth. So the threat is both. There's always going to be a threat on the outside of the church because there's these outside influences that the church has always had. But the problem with the inside of the church is that people don't know the Word of God, and so they're easily manipulated by the voices outside the church. So, I mean, it's just it's just both. People mm-hmm. are vulnerable because uh, they don't know how to discern truth. And so they, they think that the high-sounding nonsense sounds good. And how do you discern the truth? Which is where we're going today. Yeah. So this is what we want to give people. So I'm going to give you some bullet points. Just some. These are some things that you really need to. You need to pay attention to. You go to another church. You want to evaluate this church whether I should be a part of it. Maybe you can't go to Foothills. Okay, you move. We've had so many people move and go to a different state because of job or different reasons and. You know, they're trying to escape the blue state for a red state. Hey, I don't, no judgment here. I don't, I, you know, whatever the reason you move, but you need to find another church. So here's some things that you really need to watch for. These are warning signs, folks, warning signs. The first warning sign, the most important one, the Bible is not that church's final authority. The Bible is not their final authority. This is what I see happening in churches across America. Most mainline denominations have already moved away from churches, from from the, the word of God being their their final authority, they're removing offensive truths. They're trying to be more inclusive, and some of this language in the Bible is so offensive, and so we're going to remove it. You know, the mm-hmm. Bible calls certain behaviors sin, and we can't call it sin because uh, that's hate speech or whatever. See, that's what the world is saying. We don't care what the world says. Mm-hmm. What's the truth from the Word of God? Because we we see this movement that where truth now is relative if you are going to a church and they do not believe that the word of god is the final authority that truth is absolute run away folks get out of that church do not apologize do not stay don't pass go don't collect 200 bucks i mean just okay just run yeah get away because if that church is not committed to the Word of God, the truth of the Word of God, it is infallible, it is trustworthy, it is a final say on life and practice, go. Go. And actually read it yourself, too, because I can't tell you how many um, interviews I've listened to, or even we had Matt and Tammy, who were part of a cult. We, that was another episode we did. Um, you got to listen to that one if you haven't. But they said that it all changed for them when they started reading the Bible themselves. Absolutely. Um, because, yeah, there's so much in there that lots of times maybe gets left out that is so important. So, Well, I see, and, and you know, because you, you brought up that episode because they were part of a cult. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you go to their church. I'm not saying the church is a cult, okay? I'm not going there. But some of them can have kind of cultish behavior, or environments and so the next thing you're looking for is the absolute authority of the leader that's a red flag who's the pastor the leader the you know if that person has absolute authority 
Now, see, theirs did. You know, absolute authority. Mm -hmm. They they were the only ones who could accurately read and interpret Scripture. Oh, if you ever listen to somebody like that, run, okay? Mm -hmm. If they're not encouraging you to get into the Word of God, they're not encouraging you to read it for yourself, to understand it, to live it, to apply it, to listen to the Holy Spirit uh, give you understanding. Uh, if, they're not, if they're not doing that, get out of that church, okay? Because absolute authority of a leader is a red flag. Um, I mean, these people who they speak for God and they're the only ones who's right. These these uh, uh, church leaders who have no accountability, they're untouchable. There's there's no plurality of leadership where, where I mean, listen, I'm the lead pastor of this church, but I don't operate in a vacuum. I'm not mm -hmm. making all the decisions. I am accountable. Right. I'm accountable to a team. I'm accountable to a board. I'm accountable to other people in my life. You know, if I if I start saying or doing something that, that's not biblically correct, I have people calling me out on that, as I should. Okay? Yeah. I want to <laughs> ask you too on this because I brought up the, you said some really good things yesterday when we were talking about this. So, so what if a church is they're saying like, well, we we follow. Let's just. I'm just going to use you as an example. This isn't. This doesn't happen at Foothills, but we're just going to use Foothills as the example for right now. What if we were to say, well, we believe that God has chosen Pastor Dale. We we follow that because you have said like, yes, God does call people out. He there are certain yes. people that are called to lead yes. in specific capacities. Yes. Talk on that. Yes, God. God calls people. He calls individuals, and and, and you you see this biblical model. Anytime God chooses to do something he chooses to do a work he, he chooses to do something um i mean you you look at the nation of israel did god use the nation of israel as a witness to the world in the old testament yes but how did he do it he chose an individual first abraham and then isaac and then jacob and then joseph and then moses and then i mean so you you god chooses individuals those individuals don't become um, absolute authority. They, they have people around them. Okay, but when God does a work, he does choose a person. You, you, you rarely see God uh, using a committee, okay, mm -hmm. um, to, to change the world. He, 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 he gives a vision to a person. That person shares that vision with others, and they buy in. What about the 12 disciples? That was a committee. No, it really wasn't a committee. And even in the 12 disciples, Jesus had three. And out of the three, there was one. And then when the church began, you even see um, that there were unique roles given to Peter. There was a unique role given to James, James became the leader of the early church. Look, an individual. Was there others? Yes. Okay. Then you had the apostle Paul, and had a God called him to be the apostle to the Gentiles, and yet he still reported back to the leaders in Jerusalem. So it's both. Mm -hmm. There's accountability, and yet God does give vision and purpose to people that are the the catalysts of movements of God and then that that movement moves beyond the catalyst to other people and so has God used me to to launch foothills well of course and God put that vision in me over 25 years ago and uh, then I acted upon that vision, and then other people came to be a part of it. And 25 years later, we are doing this together mm -hmm. in, in accord with the, with, with the movement of the Holy Spirit. We're following Jesus together. Yeah. Do I have a unique voice in that vision? Yes. 
And sometimes I, I look at my role, one of my roles is the keeper of the vision. You know, when the church gets a little off course in terms of the mission and the vision that God gave to me, I have a unique voice. Um, it's true. Say, hey, guys, we're, we're getting off course because for now, God has called me to be the keeper of that vision. It doesn't mean that I'm right all the time on all decisions. I let other people lead in other areas all the time. And, and so, I mean, every good leader has to be a follower, too. If you go to a church where a leader can't follow, there's another red flag. <laughs> you mm. just, you know, there are plenty of times in, as a staff of a multi-staff church, we have over 30 employees, and there's somebody in the room who has a higher skill set than me. It's like, okay, you're taking point and we're all following you. That's just, that's just good leadership because if you can't follow, you shouldn't lead. Anyway, that's another topic. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we'll do another one, but that's good. So uh, you're looking for absolute authority and leaders. You you get away from them. Yes. Um, I do have a good... I'm going to go back really quick. Great. Great, yeah. No problem. (laughs) He's pretending to be excited about (laughs) me saying that. (laughs) I am excited. Um, Okay, well, so obviously we go back to the first one, which is the Bible is not the final authority. Um, Trying to be more inclusive um, because that's a real buzzword right now. So I I had to stop I dropped the buzzword. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying, because obviously um, church is for everybody that wants to pursue a relationship with Jesus. Yep. Um, you know, so it doesn't matter what background you have or where you're at, you should be included. But so, but what you're saying is if um, they're not using the Bible for like those, when you need to speak truth and love about somebody's lifestyle, maybe not, right. not fitting the Bible bill, right? right? So we accept people as as is, yeah. you, you come into this building at Foothills, we will accept you as you are. We do not care. We don't care what's going on in your life. Well, we care, okay, but it's 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 not a it's not a qualification for being we, here, for being loved on, yes. for being cared for. Come on in. We don't care. We 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 don't care what you're going, what's going on in your lifestyle, your your the political arena. We don't care. Come on in. We will love you as is, because the Bible tells us to be that way. We're going to love people. Love God, love each other. We're going to do that. Come on in. We're going to love you. Now, so that's where we are inclusive. But when it comes to that, uh, we're going to change what the Bible says to be inclusive. No, that's just wrong. The Bible calls out sin for us all. And because why would we call out sin? Because sin destroys. Yeah. For the wages of sin is death. It takes life. Sin always takes life. And so there are all kinds of, of behaviors and lifestyles that the world says, no, 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 it doesn't take life. This is how you are. This is the way you... No, we, we disagree with that. We're going to disagree with that. We're going to lovingly disagree with that. We're not going to judge people. We're just going to agree with the Word of God. Yeah. We're going to agree with it and then love you anyway. We're going to agree with the Word of God and love you anyway. So I said it twice. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're saying inclusive doesn't need to mean that you put a pride flag over your church outside, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. You didn't. You're smiling, grinning. Well, I know. And i that's one thing I, I have seen a lot of. I know. Um, and I'm, like I said, you are welcome. You are absolutely welcome and loved right where you're at. But 
I but the church bending over backwards to be like, oh, we are all for this, even though maybe the Bible says that that's not quite right. Um, that's where the red flag lies. Right, and so we're teaching through uh, passages of Scripture that might make some of you uncomfortable, but we're going to still teach it because the Bible does make us uncomfortable because it does point out the sin in our life. It is supposed to correct us. Yeah. That's what it does. And and it doesn't pull any punches. So it calls us out on our critical spirit. It calls us out on our bad attitudes. It calls us out on our morality. It calls us out on gender. It calls us out on everything. Let's just yeah. push all the buttons, okay? Yep. God's word is the authority. We do not know better than God. Yeah. And the arrogance of mankind to say that we know better. Well, someday you are all going to stand before God and you get to test that theory. So, I'm going to agree with him, even when it makes me uncomfortable, even when I don't like it. Just because I'm a pastor, you think I like everything the Bible says? I huh. love that you said that, too. Because so, as you all know, if you've been listening, you know that I will ask you all the things I struggle <laughs> with. So I, but, but I think you're absolutely right, though. If we start bending, you know, what we say is, is the Bible is um, truth. It is absolute truth. You can't argue it. Um, if we start bending it, then it, it becomes my truth, your truth. And where it's does it truth. stop? It is a slippery yeah, slope. Yeah, yeah. And then so. it's just, you can just take, start start editing the Bible however you want, and then it's no longer God's word, it's my word. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm not going there. Oh, but speaking of, um, you know, the Bible absolute truth, which it is, you have on here, I might, I didn't mean to skip over one, but the rigid legalism. Yeah. Which would be a far pendulum from putting a pride flag outside of your yeah so so we have a tendency as human beings to uh, always swing the pendulum to one extreme or the other so one extreme is license and let's just be inclusive of everybody and never talk about sin never make anybody uncomfortable come on y'all y'all come here and it's no big mm -hmm. deal that's wrong um but the other side is we're, we're we're just rigid and we're legalistic and we live by rules instead of the grace in our relationship with jesus and colossians 2 warns us about that it says, don't let anyone condemn you. Let me just read this. Don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink or for not celebrating certain holy days or Sabbaths. And so, so these are people that have become legalistic. They're, they're condemning, oh, you eat that kind of food? How can you, because you know, being spiritual is abstaining from certain foods or certain drinks. Oh, my goodness. How, how can you, 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 you had a glass of wine? Uh, you had a beer? You had a cocktail? Oh my, I was pushing <laughs> buttons, right? How, uh, that's sinful, mm. okay? Or uh, you didn't go to church on a Sabbath, which would be Saturday. How dare you? That's sinful. Mm. But he says, don't let anybody condemn you. For these rules, I'm going to keep reading here, for these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come. He's referring to eternity. And Christ himself, for now, is that reality it's about jesus it's about him in us don't let anyone condemn you by insisting on pious self-denial that's legalism mm -hmm. or the worship of angels or saying that they had visions about these things okay you got some some leader then they're talking about their visions and they saw angels and god gave me special revelation okay mm. run their sinful minds have made them proud see this is this is what legalism does rules this this pious 
self-denial. It just makes you an arrogant, critical person. That's what it makes you, an arrogant, critical person. So there's there's the extreme license or legalism. They're both wrong. And so you you go to a church and but you'll 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 smell that instantly because you'll probably walk in not wearing the right clothes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Everybody will be all dressed up and there's nothing wrong with dressing up. Okay. But but you can just see that all of a sudden, see, spirituality is an external thing. Being spiritual is the clothes you wear and the food you eat and the day you go to church and it's just rules, 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 rules. And the Bible says, nope, that's not it. So if you go to a church and it's rigid and it's legalistic, run. Go somewhere else. Yeah, I love that. So should we talk about this last one here? Yep, this is a good one. Yeah, using prosperity here if you see this where churches use prosperity as the main sign of god's blessing that's kind of popular today very popular and so this is known as the some people have coined the phrase the prosperity gospel yes come to jesus and he makes you rich and and gives you stuff and he's just your big spiritual sugar daddy right yeah Sugar daddy. It's not okay, but that's just what he, we treat God like he's just some genie in a lamp, you know, and I, I jump through the hoop, and mm-hmm. if I give more money to the church, and then he's going to make me prosperous, and I'm going to, I'm going to, we, we give to get. Wrong motivation, just completely wrong motivation, where, where we're aligning material possessions as the main evidence that you're living under the blessing of God. Uh, and so, it, folks, it's just biblically wrong. Run. Okay. Now I want to put it in context because the Bible does say you reap what you sow. The Bible does say that when we give, God does return it to us. It does say that. The Bible says that, that God wants us to be generous and that, that God will, will actually give us resources so that we can continue to be generous because that is a quality he wants to build in our life. So that is all true. You know, we say around here all the time, you know, what is our most famous phrase over the decades here at Foothills is that we say obedience equals blessing. I mean, we we say that all the time. But that doesn't mean that obedience equals prosperity. It means it, it, it equals blessing. That blessing could be internal. That blessing could be in your relationships. The blessing could be in your marriage. The blessing, yes, can be financial. The blessing can be, you know, we reap what we sow, but we also reap in kind. So when you're obedient in relationship, you get relational blessings. When you're obedient with your attitude, you get attitudinal blessing. When you're obedient in finances, you get financial blessing. You you know, so if you plant corn, you get corn. If you plant beans, you get beans. And so it works that way spiritually. So whatever arena you're obeying God in, the blessing is in that arena. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the, this the other group, the, the, this false teaching, they, they take it as, you know, is simply you give money, God gives money to you because he wants you financially prosperous. And he, wa- I mean, God wants you financially prosperous. Folks, is that really true? And it bleeds into, in some of the more extreme ones, if you believe like your son will be healed, if you believe you'll be able to walk again. You know, these very, um, the heart 
string pole yeah. and you're you these you know lots of times you i do believe i do believe and then it's so it's but it's like that's not biblical because we are promised hardships we are promised yeah i have a hard time with churches who have a, th- a theology that doesn't play out in real life my theology i have to apply it to real life i have to apply it to crisis tragedy injustice things that don't make sense and when we start using faith as this blanket statement that if I have enough faith, basically my life is perfect. There's no sickness. There's no disease. There's no tragedy. There's no crisis. All I need is enough faith, and all that goes away. Simply not true. It is simply not true. And people who believe that, look at your life. You're, you have a theology that doesn't play out in real life. People still die godly faith-filled people where God has used their faith to move mountains, okay? Yes, and that faith has done the miraculous. I'm not in denial of the miraculous. God does the miraculous all the time. I'm a believer in miracles, but there are times when God lets people die. He lets cancer ravage their bodies, and no amount of faith is going to change it. I'm sorry. It's a hard pill to swallow. If we just had enough faith, you know, this person would have been been healed. Really? Do you want to live with that guilt the rest of your life? It was your fault they died? I don't think so. I don't think so. Then it's also putting the blame on yourself and God when something bad happens. But the reality is we live in a broken world where sin is prominent you know there's sin so where there is sin there's going to be heartache there's going to be sickness and pain there's going to be death the wages of sin is death and it affects everything that we see everything that we touch praise god that sometimes we do pray and god says yes and people are healed yeah he does he heals folks and that doesn't mean you stop praying for healing i pray for healing we've seen god heal people other churches have have prayed and seen god heal people listen healing's real but we have to have a theology that accepts when god says no and, and when God answers the same way that God answers the Apostle Paul, when Paul asked for some affliction to be removed, and, and God said, no, my grace is sufficient. And there are times when we just have to live in God's grace and embrace the hardship because heaven is not on this side of eternity. It's coming, folks. Mm-hmm. where all the death and disease and sickness and crying and pain will be removed. Someday it will be removed. That's our hope. It's not this life. We don't get to create heaven on this side. We, we, we pray for it. We, we get it in part. We get it in pieces. We, we get it imperfectly. We get, we get to taste it. Sometimes, oh, sometimes you taste the kingdom and it's amazing. You're like, yeah. But I still live in the broken world. I still got. I still live in this broken world. But it's a foretaste of things to come. Taste and see the Lord is good. It does say that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we do get to taste it, and it is amazing. And sometimes I go, Lord, if it is this good in its imperfect way that I get to taste it, oh my gosh, what is heaven going to be like? Woo! Let's look forward to that. Okay, yeah, that was a good that's what's note coming. To end, yes, but <laughs> look, give some tips for as we close out here. Give some tips for somebody okay. that is looking to find a church, a good church. Okay, so folks, uh, we're going to wrap this up kind of quick here. Four things I want to give you for uh, looking for a church. You first of all, when you go to another church, you want to you want to look for their doctrinal statement. Most of them have it online somewhere on their website. Please go find it before you go. Look at it. 
and you want to see what they believe on core doctrinal issues and uh, especially what they believe about the Word of God. It, do they believe in the authority and the truth of the Word of God? Because if uh, you find out that they're changing stuff, you, you want to get out of there. So you, so look at what they believe about Scripture. What do they believe about, about um, I'm going to use a technical term here, the Godhead, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the gospel. Do they believe in salvation through Jesus alone, through faith in Jesus Christ, his work on the cross, his shed blood, his atonement for our sin? Okay, you want you want to make sure that, that this is, they believe in, uh, I'm going to say, the gospel, all right? Um, there's other things in terms of that doctrinal statement, but I'm not going to go through all of that. You can go to our doctrinal statement on uh, Foothill's website, use ours as a, maybe a model to uh, use to look at other churches. But please start with that. And uh, if that church can't give you one, don't go there. I'm serious. Don't go there. They can't give you a doctrinal statement. Don't go. Um, the, also, number two, what's their vision? What's their purpose? Why is that church existing? If they cannot explain to you the purpose of that church, don't go there. Why do you want to go to a church that doesn't know where they're going? And so here at Foothills, we know where we're going. We put it up on the wall. You, 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 if you're in this building for 30 seconds, you already know who we are and where we're going. Okay, We are here okay, to reach, equip, and transform. Three key words. It's easy. Reach unchurched people, equip people to follow Jesus, and transform our community. That is what we're all about, and I would love to talk to any of you about more about what that means because I get pretty excited about it, all right? Uh, number three, what's their relational environment like? What do you mean? Do they like being together? Is it fun? Is it enjoyable? You can kind of you can tell. What's the environment? You can go into some churches, and it is cold, and I'm not talking about setting the thermostat. There is a relational thermostat, and it's like, whoa, it, this is kind of icy, mm -hmm. all right? So what's the relational environment like? The relational environment has to be healthy. Otherwise, really, the Holy Spirit is, is quenched in working in that church. The Holy Spirit looks for a certain type of relational environment in which to work in, and if that's not there, you don't want to be there either. <laughs> the Holy Spirit's not there, you can leave too, okay? Because he already left. So last one is, what's their reputation in the community? Well, that's a good one. Uh, so ask around. Yeah. Don't, don't ask the church what their reputation right. is. And go ask maybe uh, a local business that's close to them. Uh, go ask, um, I mean, really, you should just go to business owners and, yeah. and ask around and say, hey, well, you guys know anything about this church? Mm. And they might not even be believers, but uh, which is the best anyway, yeah. and get their perspective because you might find out they know nothing about that church. Now you know that they're not very involved in the community. Or you might find out, oh, yeah, that church is great. You know, They're so involved in the community. They're doing stuff. They're working with the students or they're, 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 they're feeding people. Mm -hmm. I mean, find out what their reputation is, and that will speak volumes too because you want to go to a church that has a good reputation in the community. There's four things to look for. There you go good stuff all right thank you pd absolutely okay well if this added value like i know it did um please let us know subscribe and leave us a review um that really helps uh get the podcast out there get it seen more because this is 
um, a project. It's a movement. Um, we want to be able to help as many people as we can be able to grow in their faith journey. Um, that's what we're all about. So um, also, we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. Any questions or thoughts you have, join the conversation. So send us an email at reallifepodcast at foothillsonline.com or feel free to reach out to us on our social media on Instagram, reallifepodcast.foothills. And we'll be back next week. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thank you.